the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Brought to you by Gorilla Technology. Proactive and strategic IT. Greetings and welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. We're at episode 454, and our guest today is Jason Tomlinson. Uh, Justin. Welcome to the show. Just, oh, <laughs> Pat, where did that come from? <laughs> Sorry, Justin. That's all right, mate. Um, Thanks for having me, Pat. It's all right. <laughs> you can call me names later. <laughs> uh, um, well, welcome along to the show, Justin. Um, <laughs> Maybe you can fill listeners in on you know, where you sort of fit into the world of uh, well, technology and, uh, and entertainment here in New Zealand. Sure. Thanks, mate. Um, yeah, so I guess um, I've uh, been working in technology since 1989, um, pre-Windows. Um, uh, early days were in delivery working on the Channel Tunnel, which was a really interesting first project. And then from there... My boss had started a consulting company, which I went and worked for, who were doing some um, some great stuff on a banking startup in the UK, which turned out to be Egg.com, first internet bank in the UK. And uh, the company was bought out by um, bought out by the guys that wrote the dreaded Prince Two methodology. Um, and then I sort of took that methodology, wrote a short version and sold it in the back of Computer Weekly under a brand called Pragmatic for several years and then uh, worked through technology, ended up in Silicon Valley working for a very rich Indian guy, Um, met the founders of the Agile Alliance and that movement and then um, took full of the joys of Agile in uh, the early 2000s, came back to the UK, ran tech uh, for AOL in the UK um, and then moved to B Sky B um, in 2006. Was there till 2013, and then sort of got had my corporate fill, and then went into the world of startups again, um, which I'd had a taste of in Silicon Valley, helping you know young companies get funding, and then um, went and CTO'd a couple of FTSE 30 things, um, mobile payments, advertising, uh, and then. Um, after a stint working um, for J.K. Rowling as a, a, a digital advisor and delivering on her um, digital ambitions uh, with a thing called Pottermore, um, I, uh, I walked away from my company and moved to New Zealand with my missus and three kids. And, Fantastic. Um, did some board work, did some consulting, um, got my sort of head straight and, um, and then got recently tapped up to um, by some old friends to meet... Um, the new CEO at Sky New Zealand, and and I've started work there recently. Yeah, that's uh, oh, that's a really really interesting uh, journey. And look, I th- I think we've talked a lot about Sky on the New Zealand Tech Podcast over yeah many years. We haven't had a huge amount of engagement with people at at Sky. I think it's fair to say they've been varying you know bits bits and pieces. Uh, but since meeting you at uh, at a Sky event a, a few weeks ago. Uh, it seemed appropriate to uh, you know sit down for a, for a chat, and I, and I guess it you know it seems to me that um, there's definitely change change afoot at Sky is is very clear uh, since um, you know change in, in leadership, and so uh, you know it's going to be very 
uh, I think a, f- a fascinating chat today. We'll talk a li- little bit as we usually do through some of the, the tech news, but sure. I'm sure people are, are looking forward to hearing a little bit about uh, yeah, no know, worries. What, what's going on in, inside the business. And well, I'm excited, um, so you know, and yeah. I don't I don't have to come with the history. Right, I just come with the uh, my perspective of. W- what it is now and what it can be, so that's 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 great for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, interesting. Um, you know, that time that you had at, at B Sky B. Um, you know, I think you worked it on uh, Now TV, which is is a product I've talked about on the on the yeah. show. Is that that right? Uh, it's so. What actually happened was I moved from AOL to Sky when Time Warner actually bestowed most of them their movie and entertainment rights on Sky and not AOL. Right, so that kind right. of was the death knell for AOL broadband because right. obviously everyone in those days was moving to triple play. Um, I think Orange were giving away uh, broadband with mobile phones and Sky's plan was to give away broadband with, with TV. Hmm. So yeah, um, I spent my first couple of years um running and getting up and running a thing called the online business unit for sky which was 29 odd websites covering sales service support sky news so we had the biggest um commercial news site the biggest commercial sports site um and movies entertainment you know we had a lot of stuff going on and then after three years of of getting that up and running in a sort of modern value driven way um I got tapped up to see if we could do something similar with Agile on on embedded software, which was, took me into the set-top box world, which um, was both, I'd say, the, the hardest and the most rewarding thing that I've done in my career. Um, but, um, yeah, uh, it, so during that time, we actually ended up with every single one of my direct reports, I think, from AOL working at Sky. And... Um, the, where I had some engineering teams downstairs was an LTV team. The chief architect was the chief architect I had at AOL. I had there were about eight or nine of the dev team, and you know, so I had, I, I and I was running the software engineering team. So I had some oversight of of what they were doing, and um, yeah, I think we we sat in rooms for years at B Sky B talking about how would we move into OTT without cannibalizing the business, and what was the risk, and could we do it, and. Over and the th- top for the, the yeah over the top yeah sorry avoid the acronyms <laughs> but you know it, TV served over the internet and I yeah. still think it's a terrible term actually yeah yeah I don't know why I, I use agree. it but I still it is yeah. a terrible term um, and we talk about streaming and, and it, anyway it's just for, it's another delivery mechanism but yeah um, yeah so I mean we learned an awful lot from that time mm. can touch mm. on it but um, it was I think it was a very bold move um, and it was several years ago now it was you know must have been nine ten I guess um, yeah yeah. So yeah, it's been interesting, and I still stay in touch with those guys now. As I mean, I'd, you know, early morning and late night phone calls. I, I yeah. you know, it's just a privilege to have access to those guys to talk to them. So, mm, mm. yeah, well, it's, I mean, certainly, uh, yeah, there was some some very smart stuff that uh, you know took place at that time, and yeah, you know, I remember being in the UK when you could you could walk in and buy the the the, the now TV the Roku uh, box. Roku, Roku box yeah. and 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 thinking boy you know wish sky or someone in New Zealand was was doing something as simple as this you buy that and you plug it in and uh, uh, and away you go you know of course the market has uh, has changed in the 
you know, in the interim, uh, yeah, I mean, in the in the in the US, Horse Roku have done very very well, and yeah. uh, it was interesting just seeing. I was relatively kind of yeah. everywhere in the in, yeah. in the US now. You buy a, yeah. a cheap TV that here would just be a dumb TV. Uh, there they've they've spent an extra, you know, uh, a very small amount of money and uh, Im- embedded Roku in it, made it a, a, yeah. a smart TV. I think there's still a play for that today in, in and in New Zealand. And I've had some recent conversations talking about making dumb TV smart. That you know, it's very very similar vein. And yeah, I I was a. I was around, I wouldn't say I was heavily involved in the Roku deal, but I was certainly around a lady called Emma Lloyd. And, uh, you know, from a technical advice and input perspective, I was definitely close to that. And, um, yeah, I think the device attachment in those days was still important. And, and when they did that deal, it saw it saw a real big uptick. And I, like you say, the world has moved now. It's much more, I think it's much more viable and practical to to be in a no no device world or, or certainly a no device in between you and a device if you know what i mean yeah <laughs> yeah 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 um now just jumping into a uh, little bit of news in the last few days uh, apple have rolled out their uh new web interface for uh, iCloud sort of in a, in a beta uh in a beta form and um I've got to say, you know, I haven't logged in traditionally a lot via a web browser to see what you know what what I can get access to. Probably the most common thing would be I've left my phone somewhere and I'm wondering where it is. So yeah, yeah. jump in there and and hit the you know find uh, iPhone. But looking at the uh, the interface, it does look to be. Um, you know, some somewhat expanded, and I think this, you know, this has certainly grown over time. And if you've got, uh, uh, you know, if you're if you're really embedded in the Apple ecosystem and and you're using, um, you know, their iCloud Drive and 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 the apps like uh, you know Pages and, and and Keynote and so on, it gives you access uh, to all of that to your photos. Um, but there's also your mail and contacts and calendar yeah. for those that are that have got a kind of I, iCloud. Um, email, email address and so on. So uh, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, I guess. Look, it's a, it's again like you. I'm not. I think um, maybe as we get a bit older, we get stuck in our ways. But um, I think um, an Apple, Apple for me, and software has always been a, a, a double-edged sword. On one side, there's things that they've done amazingly well in the mm. way that they mm. they present. But then you know, I, I I still think that iTunes was possibly at some points one of the worst bits of software um <laughs> out there and you know and I, and I i'm not an apple fanboy but i do use apple products in my day-to-day life um and we would you know we maybe you know we touched on this a little earlier off off of off of air but um i think you sort of you get into a world and you tend to stay with it so i you know i notice a lot of people here are definitely into the microsoft world and the and 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 the move to the the cloud and the ability to collaborate much more effectively i think apple are, are clearly stepping up their game and having a crack at it but and and personally as you know i kind of i'm a i'm a a google suite guy i've run my businesses on that stack for for a long time and i'm very used to it and i'm used to the collaborative open tools and the you know the things that it gives me so i i guess from a consumer perspective they're going to need something that really grabs you you know, like like all things that have become somewhat commoditized, you, I think you need a real USP to get someone to switch. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 
and so I'm keen to I'll have a play and I'll have a look and see if I think that's there but it's um, yeah I think they'll have to do pretty well to prize me out of my my ensconced Google world yeah I mean I think it's a, it's a, it's a, a fairly small percentage of the market that would be uh, not using Google or Microsoft for their you know their standard sort of uh, we're processing spreadsheeting and uh, you know present presentation type uh, type work, but there certainly is a, you know a chunk of people that use that use that stuff. Um, but look for those that those that are there, I'm sure they'll they'll they appreciate yeah. any attention and uh, any new bits and pieces that, uh, that that Apple are doing. And of course we're we're coming uh, you know fairly quickly towards new releases uh, of iOS and uh, um, Mac OS, uh, so the iPad OS uh, launching, yeah. and no doubt some uh, some interesting new devices uh, in the you know, quite likely in the next few weeks. So. Yeah, I mean, and that that will be, I'm sure, one of their mechanisms for hooking us in, right? For sure, mm-hmm. um, no doubt, uh, and yeah. It's a funny world because we, we, you know, the, the world where as you grow old, you, you sort of feel like you need nest stuff, and yet I think Apple have continued to do the best job of. I mean, Steve's absence or not in that in that world, mm. um, I think it's a really. Like, I just think it's a really interesting time for them right now because there was a time when every iteration seemed like a big jump. I think we'd all say that more recently every iteration has felt like a smaller iteration and then you know that leads to conversations about well who's nipping at their heels and who's actually doing it better now and who's jumping ahead in the in the you know the way that they fundamentally change user experiences mm. for, for, for loads of people right mm. even mm. and is that it was that classic thing of customers would never have come up with what they did yeah. um, they didn't know they needed that stuff until they had it and that's you know that's that's the pure genius that anyone in the digital product space wants to try and emulate. I guess just you know you can <clears throat> the CX movement and the human centered movement's been interesting, but actually when you look at when you look at those exemplars from those years, it was just genuinely that they just seemed to know what people wanted before they even knew it themselves. And and we're all you know we're well trained in that now. But I mean. I, of course, I just it'd be interesting to see how they use the ecosystem to get people into the new iCloud stuff. But um, like I say, I'm not sure I'm jumping jumping off. And that's mm-hmm. the thing, right? You attach the legacy in there because your life's in there, your photos are in there, your your documents are in there, uh, and it so it becomes a question of how would I even do that? I remember same thing with trying to get out of iTunes. It's like how do I how do I even take all that and put it somewhere else where it's as accessible? So, mm. Yeah. Well, they, I guess they have that. You know they've uh, they've they've learnt that they can sort of um, you know build some loyalty by stealth. I, you know I suppose with some of these things, like a huge number of people have their photos that are you know synced up, and and you know they've they've got an iPhone, so naturally there's that uh, um, connection with with iCloud that way, yeah. and I'm sure. Apple would just like to extend that uh, more and more over time. Uh, I'm I'm very curious around how successful they will be with uh, with uh, the TV Plus and yeah. Yeah, just what this sort of next next phase uh, looks like as, well, as yeah. they try and own a own a whole new space. I mean, they've done incredibly well on the music side. You know, I think. Um, 
yeah, obviously they had that that legacy from from the iPod, but uh, yeah, App, Apple Music I think has has uh, has just been absolutely uh, you know an, an incredible success for them. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I mean the um, the TV Plus thing is interesting because I, I mean a lot we might probably both know. I mean in that world of TV, the, both the Roku, I'd say ecosystem and environment they as they've got more into that actually although despite what we're saying earlier about now tv the the actual trend for them has been to try and shut it down into their own Mm. ecosystem Mm. apple tv plus is obviously another move in that direction you have all of the d2c um direct to consumer uh players showing up in new zealand with their internet tv offerings and and you know, I just feel like we have to bear in mind this is a pretty small country, and mm. like a lot of things in New Zealand, there maybe there's not room for everybody to win, or, yeah. or there's certainly yeah. not room to not collaborate. Mm. I think is mm. is where we mm. is where I think it's like how do we how do we get together to do what's right for the consumer? And I think that's 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 an increasingly valid question across a number of sectors in in NZ and mm. related to NZ tech and digital. Yeah, yeah, I think um yeah, collaboration is is really really important and um it's 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 going to be curious to see how that uh, how that that looks um in the entertainment uh, area over over the, over the next uh, few years. Now, there was a headline here I picked up um was a few days back actually, uh just to do with the size of the the uh, wearables market and just looks like it's uh, it's really dramatically started to uh, to, to pick up. Uh, Apple have grown their uh, sales of uh, the Apple Watch thirty two percent. Fitbit not growing quite so quick eighteen percent. Uh, Samsung one hundred and twenty one percent. And now we're you know, looking at uh, just just the U.S. market alone uh, for wearables. Um, looks like it's uh, probably north of ten billion New Zealand dollars, which is, is quite an, quite an interesting uh, uh, super chunky isn't thing, it? you know? Because yeah, we saw Apple kind of you know coming through. You don't. I don't know. For me, I've, I've you know been sent different products to review and looked at, and you, you notice more and more people probably wearing the um, yeah Fitbits. Yeah. They're very very common around the place, and of course they've got a, a mix of reasonably low uh, price points in in a lot of cases. Yeah. So not necessarily adding up to the the Apple type scale in terms of um, uh, sales. But uh, and then you've got Samsung coming through, and then you've got some other brands sort of, uh, you know, fur- further down uh, from there, like Garmin and and and, and Fossil. Um, but it's just it's a really curious curious thing. Before we started, yeah, you, know, you were mentioning, you know, you, you don't, you know, you don't, you don't have never worn um, uh, a, a, you know piece of high tech uh, a high tech wearable. You've got your analog. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. watch on there and and that's uh that's that's just something that you you've stuck with but the um the market seems to be the market's um, doing something slow, slowly uh well actually looking at, the, looking looking at these numbers um you know quite quickly 
people are uh, yeah. are moving to wearing uh, wearing wearables, and I'm I'm not quite sure what the driver is either. <laughs> there's there's definitely some some fitness benefits. Yes, you can tell the time. We've got lots of other ways of telling the time, notifications and things like yeah. that. But wearables aren't they're not. Are generally super a, amazing devices, and in 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 most regards, yeah, I guess there's a there's a there's a number of. I mean, you can, as you say, like I I have gone back to analog. Right, I'm 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 getting older, so I've I've gone back to a lot of single use devices. I've gone back to to simple, but a part part of what I do, and it has to be, you know, you got to have an eye on these things. So I, mm. I mean, look, I it's interesting to th- think about that direction of travel. I think. Uh, one, we're seeing the industry starting to coalesce around a few providers, which generally happens after commoditization. And then it's about, you know, there's some very, very smart people in those organizations thinking about where could this go from a, you know, both from the perspective of human device integration into the future, which is just going to know more about how we move, what we do. Um, you can theorize around our health, uh, what indicators that can bring, Um uh, a cynical or an opportunist might say that you know Apple healthcare is not it's not out of the realm of total possibility. Neither is Samsung, or you know, where do these devices eventually become under our skin? We're already starting to see evidence of that. We've got Musk talking about different types of human device integration. We've got exoskeletons. We've got AR VR suits. We've got all of the spin-offs of that. Some of them for recreation of one kind or, or, or another. Um, <laughs> And so, yeah, I mean, you have to, I think, from a futurist technologist view, you just have to, you, it prompts all of those questions about, mm. A, where are they going? But you can you can see a line of sight to um, using these devices to be healthy, both in mind, body, nutrition. Wellness is a huge thing, as we know. Mm. It's not just about physical it's about mental, it's about well-being, it can be about diagnosis, it can be about insurance, healthcare. So I think th- these are all the things that they're really playing with, right? And, and as, of course, the devices get slightly smarter and you attach more, more applications, so Strava would be another great example. You know, the, they've, they've got massive penetration in the, in the last while, you know, and added lots of sports, and these are more things that integrate into these devices. So I think... You know, you just you have to just remain fascinated and see what direction it goes in. But I think it's about the collection of data to inform from customers the direction that you take these things, and that's kind of the way digital works, isn't it? You you, you take you look for the ratio between signal and noise in data, and you evolve value to where the customer sees it. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm not that guy, but I I know plenty of guys that are that guy, right? Um, mm. Strava using Fitbit and Apple Watch, wearing highly active, highly engaged, and interested in their own health and well-being. So yeah, it's um, I suspect that's kind of the the, the place they're in. Um, it'd be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah, well, so, I mean, uh, certainly it can it can help us engage in a way that probably. In a lot of cases, we well we haven't been able to before on that on that fitness front. It's very interesting when you hear you know you come across news stories of someone who's saying, "Hey, my life was saved because I was, you know, I had this wearable Apple Watch or what what have you that you know yeah. alerted me to 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 an issue." Yeah, um, and I think 
that we're only really scratching the surface on that sort of front. Totally, you know, yeah. You can you can just imagine where we where we might be in you know say a decade yeah. when there's so much more data. Yeah, exactly. And, That's and what I think. It's yeah, not it's not join just one dot, thing. Dots it's joining together. the dots, right? Uh, be it'll be yeah, incredible and things that a doctor could never do because they don't have access to that information yeah. but an AI can string together these you know little, oh. little patterns that we might not even notice ourselves and say hey you know 98% chance you've got this or hey you're within the zone for this so you know go and go and see your doctor to get a you know proper set of tests and yeah and I think the scenarios. New Zealand the New Zealand application that springs to mind is of course around um the issue that we have with with mental health and suicide rate in this country which i suspect that if you took information about how active or sedentary someone is combined it with their social media graph um you could probably incredibly accurately predict um individuals heading down a road of depression anxiety towards serious issues i I think that's probably doable been doable for for a while but i think Mm. yeah these applications are going to be you know, if you think about that in terms of intervention and and initiatives already in this country to to try and improve that situation, I think that's a, a brilliant use for that tech. Mm. Now, sometimes tech uh, lets us down, and I came across a story in the New York Times talking about uh, flaws in uh, cell phone evidence uh, leading to a review in Denmark of. Uh, some 10,000 uh, court verdicts um, so yeah. pretty uh, you know pretty pretty interesting uh, type of uh, uh, situation you know I, I, I guess we you know we have technology in in all sorts of uh, all sorts of areas and we may, maybe we uh, yeah, forget that uh, the technology actually isn't uh, isn't always perfect, is it? And so we no, we, we maybe put it up on a higher pedestal than uh, than it should be, or we uh, as in this case, I guess they were they were using um, you know I think uh, 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 cell site data, and uh, you know. Th- the way that that was being uh, being joined together gave them uh, some pretty um, in, inaccurate um, outcomes about conclusions that uh, they had uh, they'd, they'd, they'd jumped to, and uh, yeah, possibly the uh, the telcos had uh, had wrong information yeah. um, around what uh, what cell sites people were uh, were connected to, and I guess and it, what yeah. that meant. It ta- it just takes you down so many thought. You know what? <laughs> There's a debate around privacy in here, right? At some level, which is, um, I guess, we give that up when we uh, when we sign up to these things. And p- do people realise what they're giving up, what they're not giving up? I remember mm-hmm. when I was working for that particular um, digital mobile marketing thing. That a large part of it was around active and passive monitoring of geolocation and what, how often the phone was telling telling the advertiser where the customer was mm. um, and um, you know were there privacy issues there in this case it's sort of you could argue that it's taking something that the network was never really designed for uh, and and 
implementing law based off of that and obviously the system isn't really designed for that and therefore and now there's a problem that's that's causing a, an amplified issue um i'm sure yeah it's 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 an interesting one that the application of technology um do we get it right all the time no we don't do are there unforeseen circumstances of the use of technology absolutely mm. even at the mm. the biggest macro industrial level you know we we all voted for the industrial revolution but now we're not so sure we've got climate change mm, mm, uh, we all voted for nuclear power but now we're not so sure uh, we have nuclear weaponry um we all you know so these are much bigger examples i guess but i think in that particular case it it feels like um society's got to decide right society's mm, got to mm, decide what mm. it gives up and we have to decide what we want to give up and mm. then if uh, if that is a way that the law is going to be enforced then um then they probably need to increase the scrutiny on the on the <laughs> on the phone pinging the wrong tower and telling you you're across town which um yeah which uh yeah and then you know there's probably a whole group of people sitting somewhere deciding how they can skew that glitch to uh to all sorts of nefarious um processes but yeah yeah and and um you know i guess uh you know uh, technology brings us lots of uh, lots of good things but we we certainly uh also see uh a lot from a, a fraud perspective in terms of opportunities that uh that that open up and actually we had a, a an example here in New Zealand, over the last uh, over the last few days, and um, I, I had a, a bit of discussion with uh, a number of media outlets uh, around this. Ended up putting a, a short blog post together um, up at up at paulspain dot com uh, for those that are curious. And it's it's pretty much a, a, a high level view, but it, it covered some of the questions that I was. I was getting, and, and what we saw was this website, Tuia250.nz, uh, yeah. set up by the Ministry or for the Ministry of uh, for Culture and, and Heritage, and seemed to me like we we have a an ongoing uh, challenge now with needing to identify ourselves and be you know very clear, avoid confusion as to as to as to who we are so um there, there's this need in so many situations to present passports and uh driver's licenses and and the like uh, yeah. to prove that and we've sort of strayed into a into a position that i think um by how we expect that information to be presented is actually creating a whole new set of problems. Yeah, and so that's what happened here was that they set up this. It was a, a WordPress uh, website, which hey, nothing wrong with WordPress for for running a website on. I think it's a pretty big percentage of the world websites that run on WordPress. Um, but then they use that as a place to collect and store. Uh, you know, very important data for individuals so oh, uh, man, people are uploading <laughs> their passports and, and driver's licenses to yeah. this, this WordPress site whereas uh, you know, I think there was there was obviously a disconnect there uh, well this is my my pick a disconnect within the organisation you know someone's tasked with doing something yeah. they haven't really connected with the chief information security officer or chief information officer to 
yeah, there hasn't been somebody who fully understands the impact of putting uh, data as as important as that, um, you know, in in this place. Because yeah. normally you would you'd be wrapping around uh, you know that sort of information some uh, um, you know some some pretty hefty process and uh, tools from a data loss uh, prevention perspective rather than just yeah. you know, drop, dropping it up there. And, of course, that didn't, didn't happen in this case. Uh, but there are potentially yeah, thousands more situations around the country yeah. where this information is getting lost. And, in fact, I had an email today uh, to the, do with an event that I've been invited to. They want to book airfares and whatnot. And so they asked me for all the information off my passport. Yeah. And can you please send us a photo of your passport? Yeah. So um, at least I've got a little blog post to send them to uh, now that that explains why <laughs> I do not like sharing a, a photo, you yeah. know, a, a scan or a, or a copy of my personal uh, documents, and that look, there's a whole lot of uh, risk associated with this, and um, yeah, but yeah, it, but, it's a, but it's a growing uh, growing challenge. I guess the me- the message I'd say to people out there is is. Um, choose your choose your um implementation partners wisely right because i um i work with a a company that that has a necessity to both know know your customer Mm. uh, and also store that data Mm. correctly and i think this is a thing for me is in the world today there are there are a lot of implementations of technology that people see as just oh i'm gonna put up a website and I'm going to collect this data and I'm going to do this and I think the route that I came through was was always as engineering driven as it was uh, customer experience driven so I think you know this is the uh, the the buyer beware story of if you engage services from technology professionals um, then the good ones, the ones that have sound engineering practices, will immediately um, be all over this kind of stuff, which is, you know, first-party data, payment data, privacy. How do you handle those things properly? And uh, I think, you know, that's it used to be the way I partly pitched my consulting company, mm-hmm. right, was that the, you go to a, an agency, a full-service agency, and you think you're in good hands and you get a great pretty website but then suddenly you've got a hole in it, a security hole in it of a you can drive a coach and horses through. So I just think, yeah. um, and it's, it's flippant to say, but I think good engineers with good engineering practice, they've understood this for a long time. And what, you know, m- most, most of these security holes are, you know, we've all commissioned penetration testing and security audits. Most of them are closed down by, some pretty well-known, long-existing, standard engineering rigor and practices, mm. and I just mm. think that's that's the thing here is that if you're gonna if you're gonna um, implement these kinds of solutions, then understand what data you're getting from your customers, and go with someone that's to deliver it that's actually can show that they've been across it. And the you know, I on one hand, of course, we're all way more aware of data leaks and um, and things that absolutely ruin companies when they're discovered mm, yeah. uh, in terms of breaches um, and the rise of the chief information, chief information and security officer. And, and I think that's all valid. The other side of that is that I think it's kind of become an industry has grown out of that 
as well, which is, you know, sometimes slightly over, uh, well, you know, it's mm. it's like selling business continuity consulting just after the millennium. Mm. It was very easy mm. <laughs> because mm. you were highlighting a known risk, and I think there's a bit of that. Yeah. Um, but don't skimp on this stuff. Get good engineers. That, that's right. And I think, look, we do have the um – I guess that you know the challenge in New Zealand, for instance, comparing us with the UK, we're just just the scale. So we've got a lot of probably most firms that would do anything on the web are quite small firms. That, yeah. that you know often very much creative led. That in terms Same of in, in terms of, in terms of engineers, there might be virtually you know virtually yeah. no, no no one there because yeah. they're picking an off the shelf yeah. theme off WordPress and these sorts of bits Relying and pieces on standards and and, um, and might have you know no knowledge about. Uh, yeah. you know what happens if the website goes offline on the weekend well hey we shut our doors at 5 o'clock on a Friday we open yeah. up on a Monday morning at uh, you know 8.30 and um, hey you know too bad if the website gets hacked we we just design a website or yeah. uh, you know th- th- those sorts of things and certainly um, some of the audits that um, yeah, my team at Gorilla have done have found some pretty interesting things and in, in, in those you know scenarios and look it's it's hard work to keep on top of these things. It costs money just to yeah. you know main, maintain things well without having you know even that that expertise to know how to how to deal with um, uh, personally personally identifiable information. Which yeah yeah in in this case I think they would they were probably just a, a, a long way off in terms yeah. of uh, you know, process, but. Uh, yeah, a, yeah. Pa- a painful lesson to, uh, to, to to learn, and uh, you know, I um, I I, you know, I was asked by there was RNZ. They you know they they said, well, okay, so you know, how, how does the government make this right? It's like, well, <laughs> you can't, you know, you've you've you know you've leaked, horses leaked, leaked people's uh, yeah. uh, you know private documents. Uh, it's yeah, you can yeah, you, I mean you you can't guarantee to uh, to to get that back. Um, but yeah, there we go. We're yeah. we're, we're, we're there now. Um, just a couple of other things wanted to cover off quickly before we dive in. Talk a, a little bit more around uh, you know what's happening on the on the sky front. Sure. Uh, new handset that, that's come in uh, recently, a Nokia uh, two point two. Um, been having a, a little bit of a look at that. That's uh, interesting to me because. Um, Nokia now just seems to have a really broad range of Android smartphones. Um, I wouldn't say they're the smartphones that probably anyone gets amazingly excited about. They don't tend to be the most cutting-edge features. Uh, but in terms of simple uh, devices that get access to Android updates and security updates on a regular basis, which is quite important, um, they're pretty. They're pretty good because yeah. they're, you know the the, the Nokia two point two runs Android one. Uh, it's getting those updates through. It's got um, you know the the sorts of things that you would expect at its, its price point. It's around a two hundred ninety nine dollar phone. Yeah. Um, and then they've got you know up to their uh, their their Nokia nine, which um, has got some pretty interesting uh, capabilities in it, um, photography wise, but. I don't think it really competes with uh, with with yeah. what the other players are uh, are doing. Although it's a you know a fascinating uh, uh, the Nokia Nine Pure View is a is a pretty fascinating uh, device. Yeah, I mean, I, I on this one, I'm I'm just not the right guy. But I, it's <laughs> kind of um, it's interesting to me just because I suspect you and I both grew up seeing the 
original bloodline of what made Nokia great. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Which was yeah. robust, simple, high quality, um, did the job really, really well, good mm. price point. Mm. And I suspect we all had the same. I can't remember the model, but yeah, I suspect we all the had the 3310. 3310, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And, yeah. yeah. So I think, uh, and I guess from a brand perspective, you have brands that have unanticipated resurgence because they find the essence of what made them good mm. originally. Mm. And I think um, that that could be the case here, right? If, if they nail it with a device that it has rock solid stability performance battery life a great user interface simple to use mm. a great price point they they could well recapture a, a segment in the market that that loves that and i think probably samsung are, are, in, are in that realm right now but there is i guess it, i don't know it's tried to say it but there's there's brands that you want to come back right? yeah. and maybe Nokia is one of them so yeah I wish we'll, them the, we'll I see they seem to be slicing out a little little bit of the market at the yeah. at the moment and uh, you know I think certainly for those organizations that are that are looking for fleet phones and 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 the like there's something to be said for just having a, a stock Android and a yeah. device that's going to get those updates and yeah. uh, the the now I'm not sure that spark are actually selling the Nokia 2.2 directly interestingly I think their their channel is through the warehouse and you know maybe a couple of other um, retailers, warehouse, warehouse stationery. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess uh, that's that's what that's what they've decided. Because I think Spark have sort of had that exclusive arrangement. Um, but there is, I was surprised you can uh, take the battery in and out, which is, is pretty unusual. In a, oh yeah. In a, in a phone uh, phone today. Um, so um, yeah, there are some scenarios in which that sort of thing can be handy to keep a keep a spare battery and. Uh, uh, what not um, the other thing that um, hit the hit the news this week in terms of just local uh, local tech and, and telecommunications uh, industry is Cora CEO uh, Kate McKenzie uh, has resigned is going to be stepping down um, I think in sort of de- December time frame which um, you know is a, I think you know she's got some personal reasons there in terms of uh, uh, family, why well, she's uh, she's chosen uh, to do that, but um, you know she's she's from 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 all I've seen, she's done a uh, you know really good job at uh, uh, leading chorus and uh, one of the one of the few um, women to lead a um, you know a, 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 a really major New Zealand uh, yeah. New Zealand uh, company, and uh, she'll definitely leave a hole. So. We'll be watching to see what uh, what they decide to do next. Yeah, I, look, I I don't know Kate, um, but and I haven't really read anything in depth. Uh, but um, I think she's she's put a great team around her. Mm. I know mm. some of them. Mm. Um, if you look at the like you say, if you look at the objective stats on the uh, what they've been doing with their main focus around building a high quality uh, fiber network. You, you can't really knock them for that. They, they're they're ahead of it, and they're you know the, the penetration numbers they're talking about continue to be pretty impressive from a, an investment and a quality perspective. So um, you know when someone when someone um, leaves those jobs, having done such a great job, you you got to just take your hat off to them, and and probably um, 
I, I just caught something she, she said around um, spending more time with her family and that she probably wouldn't take an, something along the lines of wouldn't take another corporate job. Or, yeah, another, yeah, there was something in there around yeah, that. And that's I, right. I, um, yeah, I said yeah. that I remember saying the same thing to my family. Yeah. Uh, at a time when I'd, you know, worked really hard to get a real result. And um, I, or you can, I wish her the best. I think she's done a great job. Uh, as I say, I have no right to, to, to say that other than. I see. I see what you see, but um, yeah, I wish her all the best, and 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 perhaps after a, a break, she can come back and do something equally impressive, mm. um, and just uh, you know a, a good positive story. And and to be fair, from the people I do know that know her, they they've had nothing but complimentary things to say about her as a as an individual and as you know a, a, as an executive. So yeah, good luck to her. I think um, and. Um, it'd be interesting to see uh, what happens. Uh, what happens next? Um, and I think you know, I've, I've watched. We've watched. All watched in other parts of the world. The, the big network providers trying to find ways to differentiate and trying to find ways to um, to leverage the networks that they built. But they've obviously got a. They're going to reap some rewards of the of this fiber network for sure. And now I think they've got an opportunity to look at, at what else and how can they differentiate, which is is always a challenge because it's it's not in the DNA. It's not in the DNA of a telco to be in content. It's not in the DNA of a fiber operator to take those steps into those worlds. And of course, there's a there's the opposite argument, which is it's you know I work I work for a content company, so yeah. we're we're you know that's what we do amazingly. And um, and I just think in New Zealand it's about better together and how do you make those relationships work yeah yeah um the along alongside uh a few days ahead of that we heard that um scott bartlett the the chief executive at uh, at, at cordia group who's who's been on the new zealand tech podcast before um and and you know a leader who who's been you know really incredibly successful at uh, um, heading up Cordia, uh, you know, over 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 a long time, um, is taking a period of of extended um, leave following uh, diagnosis of um, multiple uh, tumours on the brain. So really, really sad to um, to hear that, and definitely wish um, you know wish wish Scott. Um, all the all the best, and uh, that he'll be uh, he'll be bouncing back from that, um, you know, really uh, really soon. But uh, yeah, yeah these these things uh, sad. come along in life. Uh, uh, um, yeah, can can be uh, can be really big and challenging. So uh, I think there is a yeah. message there, which is around. You know, it's the old. I think I don't know if it comes from Buddhism or what, but there's definitely this thing around. You you know, you never know what people are going through, mm. and. Um, you got to try and treat people with kindness and respect because you just you just don't know. But and you know, there's I'd say there's almost certainly a correlation between working at a certain level and um, and it affecting your health. So all I can say is, I, again, I don't know Scott, but I wish mm. him the best, absolute mm. best, and mm. hopefully makes a, a, a speedy recovery. But yeah, I think this is you know it for both those guys. I guess it raises those questions around. Um, the the price of these roles sometimes is 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 high, mm. and I think mm. you know maybe what we see in the younger generation is is a, a reaction to that. Um, but then all the people that I know that are deeply passionate about what they do, they don't see it 
in the same way that those who struggle with it do. They see yeah. it as a as an opportunity for which they're grateful. So, mm. and this is why people this is why people can't understand why other people don't just get out once they've made it. You mm. know, whatever made it means. But yeah. I think um, that's an interesting thing for me. I mean, I, I like the people around me at the moment. They're th- as hard as it is. The challenge we have ahead of us everyone's totally into it and mm. so that's that's the thing you're in so i wish them the best i just yeah. all i can yeah. say really yeah um and one follow-up to uh to last week uh, i think we mentioned this last week was uh, the the tesla model 3 the, the newest <laughs> piece of uh, technology uh launching in, your new, tesla in new zealand <laughs> i have well i did i did see a, a vehicle offloading some because of the Tesla uh, HQ is just around the corner. <laughs> I went past on the on the on the road uh, earlier, but uh, um, they have started uh, delivering them. So the first uh, first New Zealand customers of the, the Tesla Model Three are, uh, are receiving those uh, as of um, I think prob- probably Monday. Um, there was some suggestion maybe they would be starting as early as, as last Friday, but uh, they're certainly starting to get out there. Yep. Um, but it seems like they've got a big job ahead of them and. Um, and maybe could use technology a little bit better and, and communicate with their customers who are who they oh, promised yeah. uh, vehicles to in uh, in August. But look, you know, they they've been going what to, you know, ten, eleven, however many years now. Uh, Tesla, um, they they're growing like topsy at just a crazy rate. And um, look, they you know they they have some challenges, but uh, everything I'm I'm reading about people's experience with the with the vehicles uh, and. Yeah, and uh, uh, and so on, um, yeah. Still leads me to think that they're they're on a good they're on a good track, and they'll uh, they'll work through some uh, challenges as their business uh, matures. But uh, they're they're overall doing uh, doing incredibly well. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, uh, sometimes when we ask for disruption and then it comes, then we don't like it so much and we we, we kill it. You know, you see that with some businesses. Mm. Uh, there's always some form of backlash, it seems, whether it's Uber or Lime or whatever it is. You know, there's always some form of backlash. And the same with Tesla, which is that, you know, they partnered very smartly with Mercedes behind the scenes and the best engineers. And they they got a product to market that, I, you know, I think looking at the history of the automotive industry and the levels of quality and fit out that they attained, even in the early cars, I think actually again it's a take your hat off to them and um if you look at it as a macro experiment level um they've revolutionized the way the world thinks about electric cars and they've utterly smashed the myth that overall they are net net as bad or worse than than combustion engine driven vehicles and i you know i've driven hybrids in in my life um but never a fully electric car and but i'm pretty convinced that the next car i buy or we buy for our family because we have three kids so we we kind of have no no car option and i live on waiheke island which also yeah. makes it a bit weird because you kind of there is yeah it's it's weird you, you you're either walking or you're in a car yeah. um so um yeah i think they've done an amazing job and um, I think he is a genius, quite possibly an alien. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, does some controversial stuff every now and again, which, you, you know, I just, you can't have genius and no character, I think, is, is what it comes down to. So, yeah, I wish, uh, again, I, I'd, if I was going to get one, it would be a Model 3. Um, it's, it, I think it's a great thing. I love the I-Pace as well, the Jaguar one. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, I yeah, think very amazing nice to drive the eye pace. Yeah, it's, I think yeah. um, be, and, I'll be keen yeah. to get behind the wheel of one again. Yeah. I haven't done it yeah. for quite a few years. Interesting for you know for those who have have been curious around the eye pace. Uh, They've dropped the price quite considerably in the New Zealand in the New Zealand market. Oh, have they? Possibly they have done in in some other markets. So um, oh, I'm keen yeah, to give so that a go. Yeah. Probably twenty k or so, so that's yeah. come off the come off the price. So yeah, uh, ja- yeah, I am a bit of a. I, I have had Jags in my life, and I do like them. So I, yeah. you know, maybe that's something I, I look at. But well, Jaguar Land Rover, uh, you know, seem to be making some quite interesting moves under you know, under the current uh, leadership and. Yeah, they've, they've, there's this this talk that they want to be manufacturing batteries and doing a, you yeah. know, a whole a whole lot uh, more and bringing more manufacturing back to the UK. So oh, that's I'm, good. Uh, I'm very you know very One keen to see, story for to the UK. see how that uh, <laughs> how that that actually uh, actually pan, pans out for them sure. um, over time. But uh, yeah, it's it's certainly it's certainly good to see that the. Um, yeah, the broader uh, automotive industry is is very much uh, on on board now with uh, with electric, and uh, I'm, we will, I'm of the view that electric I'm, vehicles just you yeah, know, I'm of the view that it's like you can adopt two views, and I see people do it all the time. One is we're too late with climate change, and we're so small in New Zealand that it won't make a difference. So I'm just going to carry on, but I I, I kind of I err uh, towards the be the change you want to see camp. I think it's hard to have kids and continue to live a reckless consumerist-driven um, life. I think mean, that just gets really hard, mm. and they pick you up on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The eights, Absolutely. nines, and tens. And my eleven-year-old daughter, yeah. she she'll pick us up on it. She's vegetarian. She, you know, she picks her products. She doesn't do fast fashion. So you know, we're getting educated by our kids now, which mm. is great. Mm. Now it's time to talk a little bit more about Sky. Sure. Um, so Martin Stewart, obviously, you know, stepped in and and is you know, taking up the leadership um, in a few months now. Uh, it really does seem as though changes afoot at Sky, and uh, you know, I think it, it, it's fair to say. Uh, through varying interviews that that I've done on radio and and um, other news media that uh, I haven't always been very uh, very nice about uh, about Sky's direction in the, in the past, um, and and I guess every, you know every time I sort of you know talk to somebody from 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 Sky, it's sort of oh okay, yep, things are oh I think maybe things are heading in the in the yeah. in the right in the right direction and a better direction now. Um, certainly, my confidence has really grown. Since Martin's uh, uh, stepped into the role, and as I hear a, a little bit more, um, but you're you're right there. In fact, but you're but you're not at Sky HQ. You're at I don't know. What I, could I could I call it a little skunk works uh, operation uh, off site in uh, in was it Parnell? Yeah. Uh, where you're operating, you're running a whole new um, team. Yeah. You've just been in there what three months? Three months. Three months. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, t- tell us about that. What's, sure. What's going on, and and what what's this going to mean for Sky in the future? So, um, yeah, I'm. I'm here as me, so I'll, I'll tell yeah. you. I'll, I'll give you the uh, the open view. So I, I mean, I used when I worked for B Sky B quite often mm. as part of the family. We would be visited by Sky New Zealand, and um, 
and they weren't the same kind of outfit that we were um and then when i moved to new zealand um Uh, sorry what i mean by that is they never they didn't have the capital that, mm. that we had mm. they didn't have mm. the flexibility that we had we built our own software we manufactured our own set-top boxes through our amstrad acquisition so there was a very very different beast and um and and the brand reputation in the uk and europe now is 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 great um and they offer products for across the gamut right from the um now tv stuff right the way through to their sky q premium products and internet and, services and yeah and internet services yeah. and through the acquisition of a of a broadband isp uh, internet services provider so it is a very different beast um and when i moved to new zealand i i would have to admit it wasn't it wasn't didn't feel like a natural fit for me because i felt like i'd done i'd, I'd done that world to a degree mm, and that mm, my mm. my life stage was very different but um The, the truth is I got a call from someone that I highly respect that works there and 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 she said to me um look um would you come and meet the new boss and um and I I was I wasn't re totally reluctant but I said look it's really unlikely that that that's something that I'm interested in doing right now I was doing some board work I was doing some consulting work anyway long story short I I I spent some time with Martin on a on a trip um and spent several hours with him and um i think he, he he brings very fresh thinking um he's charismatic he uh he means what he says he's straight talking um and over the course of that time it, the opportunity that i saw uh was to um be part of this shift to a new way of working and a new way of thinking and a and and a way of thinking that was also bigger so we talked about building a digital future that was specifically for new zealanders built around great content but that also had other value-added services in and then taking that same platform and leveraging that globally and i think you can even see already that through the acquisition of rugby pass that we've started to make a move into the global space and it's something that there will be i think more effort in doing and so i've been involved in several digital transformations and i believe they have to happen top down and bottom up i don't think you can i don't think you can boil the whole ocean or you know that takes a long time it takes a long time to lift all the boats and to change mindsets and to unfreeze middles and to get organizations working in modern ways that are more more responsive um to customers and do that quickly and so my suggestion was that whilst we have this real focus on the future of our digital business that we run a mechanism to upskill and to um focus on automation improvement of quality cycle time getting stuff out to customers and experimenting with customers in our existing products but actually at the same time why don't we take a group of people and model a way of working that is kind of the the very cutting edge end of that which is where i love to play because for, since i got out of corporate life i've done a lot more in the startup space and i've you know this is where you're able to express this really pure version of, of of agility and value driven delivery so um that was the opportunity that i was really keen to do is both to help and you know hopefully create the space for great people to do great work in the organization in digital but also to go and 
starter team, as you say, we've chosen to do it off-site for, for several reasons, but mostly those of space and um, giving the team a real opportunity to, 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 to shape the thing that we want. And so, yeah, we've set up a team in Parnell and it's focused on the digital future and its first goals are around, A, setting up a platform that can support all of our digital products, make that uniquely Kiwi and I'll you know happily come back sometime soon and tell you a lot more about that because we've got some really exciting ideas about what would be a uniquely Kiwi digital offering but at the same time something that can also be white labeled and taken global for sports codes and sports partners and get us into that wider world of the whole of sport and that you know that's the that's what you notice in Sky New Zealand with a brand new leadership team um that is incredibly energized right now with starting to get a much better shift back to loving the customer because i think that's what was missing mm. we just stopped loving the customer and we started um what's the right word extracting the maximum value from what was and i think now with martin's arrival we've turned our attention to what could be and that's that's a really great place for someone like me to to be because you get the you get the you know he's him and the team are giving a team around me the space to create something amazing and you know who can whatever skepticism you have or i have around the brand in the past when you're painted that kind of future if you're actually serious about delivery and delivery of value to customers that is an opportunity that you take and so that's why i'm there and i'm really excited and um we've got i think a period ahead of us where we've got to prove this way of working and but i'm already seeing signs of the team that they're coalescing nicely around the goals and the vision and the outcomes so yeah it's it's just a really interesting time to be there right now and what what obviously makes it uniquely challenging and difficult and a great opportunity is that the market here is is small and so yeah. we know we have to have this global aspiration and so for me that's what makes it really meaningful is that i get to do something great here but also that applies in a much broader business sense, so yeah, it's it's great. Mm, mm. So, what are the what are the challenges for for you in terms of you know technology? You've got, um, you know, I guess today Sky has the the neon app. There's yeah. the, the new uh, Sky Sport uh, now, now. Yeah. Uh, app, which you know, I was chatting through with somebody yesterday around this the sort of challenge where you, you say look at. Uh, uh, Amazon, you know, they have one app where you can get to all sorts of different content. But yeah. in you know, in New Zealand, you know, we 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 look at Sky, we look at Spark, and it's like, oh, well, there's you know, one app for sport, another app for yeah. other content because they're they're about partnerships and leveraging other people's technologies and yeah. so on. Um, are those part of the problem you'd expect to be able to? Uh, yeah, address and bring a bring a, a lot more simplicity, sort of uh, as you know going going forward. What are, what are some of the sorts of things? Yeah, you, the, there's like, there's a ton of variables there, mate. And I'll, I'll try and paint the picture a little bit. But it's um, so we've managed to get ourselves in a position where, or we had managed to be in a position where, um, you know, as you say, we have Sky Go, what is now Sky Sports now, and Neon all running on different platforms with different teams. Mm. And um, mm. that's something that a unified platform can solve for us and yeah. something that we have definite line of sight to. Mm. Mm. Um, served off of those platforms, whether you keep or don't separate brands is, is a decision. Mm. And I, I think, mm. I think mm. they do have different audiences and they do can support different brands. 
but one of the things we're looking at is what would it look like to have all of Sky as an app um, and um, some of the challenges there are market size here you have to get a lot of penetration at a a good a good amount of value and that's why we think that adding value added services to to a bundle a notional bundle is a really smart idea especially mm. if we can as i say execute it in a uniquely kiwi way like mm. things that resonate already with customers that you put together in a very smart way and perhaps bind them around a notion of single identity across those things so these are some of the ideas that we're we're looking at and playing with um when we did now tv for example um one thing i remember very vividly is that we had a massive dev team because we actually needed separate teams for almost every different device we were deploying to in terms of right. games consoles mm. ps4 xbox um ios android web roku you know it was it, you know you needed immense dev teams and and so technology has changed and will allow us to do that stuff far more effectively um we have a whole number of cloud-based services under the hood that again allow us to do stuff way more cost effectively and in a way more modular way so if this thing doesn't work if our rec engine doesn't work we throw it away we pull in another one or we you know and then we've got access to some amazing ai machine learning capability from from amazon you know it's just the the building blocks of what we're going to build are way more cost effective and way more modular and so that's what makes it doable is that the cost base of building these things has has come down um and we've put together a, a group of people and a group of uh, partners to work with uh you know we we think uh well we we kicked off last week effectively mm. did our first sprint and we demoed some working software to the team um on the fr on the second friday and you know that makes yep. you feel it makes you feel really positive and confident about what you're doing so yeah yeah it's early days in that respect um sky sports now is i think the the recent release that the the issue that i think we faced there was across our existing products was there's three things you kind of have to get right um first is quality i think then there's some flexibility and then there's um sort of uh, choice and scale right so quality is um, make the picture quality as good as you can <laughs> choice is around make it easy for customers to find that content and then flexibility is just around get that on as many devices as you can for the right cost profile and um, so I think regardless of sexiness and features when you look at what sky sports now neon and sky go will be quite soon they will have ticked those major boxes and those were the gripes that customers had too expensive not enough choice quality is not great um can't find anything to watch and i think you know that's you know all i can say is on that front is with sky sports now great launch great first weekend rugby game we we broke our records on streaming on both products on sky go and sky sports now neon we're doing some cool stuff too right now that's going to happen all in the next sort of couple of months so it's sort mm -hmm. of and this is this is just part of this thing that i think the new team is bringing which is just about love the customer again you know be do the right thing for the customer put the customer first and so when we're looking at this new thing it's all about you know the first thing that we've done we're building the platform but we're doing lots and lots of design sprints to really hone in on what would make this amazing and to our conversation before about 
trying to inject a bit of Steve Jobs, which is, okay, what would make this truly unique and really cool? And so, you know, my background and the background of the great team that's there, they're bringing lots of concepts and ideas, and all of the exec team have all come recently from really successful organizations used to certain practices. So they're bringing ideas and concepts. So all I can say is I'm really enjoying it, right? And that's, you can probably tell that I'm telling yeah. the truth. Yeah. Um, um, it's, it's success for me will be lifting all the boats. Mm. It will be releasing great new products and it will be helping people be the best that they can be. Um, and, you know, that's a nice, that's an exciting place to be at mm. work. Yeah, oh, look, it, 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 it certainly from the outside, it, it, it sounds exciting. Uh, you know, I think some of the the other, you know, external factors that, uh, you know, Sky investors are not getting paid a dividend that may be, you know, somewhat uncomfortable for uh, uh, for investors in terms of what their, their, their yeah. expectations might have been. Uh, I think the uh, there was a planned upgrade coming through for, for the... the um, Sky decoders, yeah. and I think that's been you know pushed aside after what was it maybe sixty million dollars sort of that that have been spent in that direction. That sort yeah, of I been, it was been th- we wrote off a a chunk a thirty eight mil I think right, it was right, and okay. um, I mean that that decision is down to set top box economics and does mm. it make sense mm. um, and and is there was there enough of a brilliant customer experience there to to make that really bit i mean that was partial that was the partial cost so does that make the 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 big investment worthwhile there was a there was a big write-off and there was uh there was a a no dividend declared but i think you know the from my perspective coming in and martin's i think i'd have to say the write-off is a brave decision that needed to be taken and should have been taken before oh no 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 disagreement and i I mean to me though those things are uh, you know, very positive signs, yeah. right? I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not an investor uh, in Sky, but um, you know, from from that perspective of of looking at it from Sky being competitive, being something that that delivers great for customers, you know, these are hopefully the the right moves yeah. that wow. they they suggest a uh, you know a, a change that's got a, uh, that's in the right in the right direction. Are you talking about making hard decisions, right? You gotta you gotta respect somebody that clears the decks and makes room for growth, mm. and um, and you know that's that's what we've got. Yeah. In a boss, so well, it would have, I guess it would have been easy to declare a, a dividend and, and, and give that money back to investors, but uh, you know to hold hold the money in the business yeah. and uh, and be able to you know use that to uh, to, to uh, refresh things. Yeah, is, look, we uh, need very very smart. There is there's the things we need to do, and we know that, right? You know, Martin's out there, and you know the whole team. What I've learned again, and I remember it from last time, is that you know. What Sky New Zealand does for sport is way more than a broadcast deal and sponsorship, right? The investment in sport that they've made over the years is immense. And again, all I can talk about is where we are now and what I see, but it's this absolute will to invest in the game at every level, uh, to whether it be grassroots, encouraging women in sport, sponsoring the right things that are actually a bit more meaningful um and so all of that i think is 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 what adds up to what makes um 
sky the home of sport right it's not just the deal it's it's all the other stuff that goes around it and everybody in there right now really means it you know they really mean it we want to do stuff with our partners on digital we want to do stuff to invest in the gra- grassroots of the games and we want to deliver an amazing on-screen experience right we're at production levels that are really really high and we've won awards for you know internationally so i think um you know tex and the guys there do in sport do a great job and you know i always look at the entertainment catalog on neon and I, and it's very obvious to me that once we fix those basics if we actually market that thing that um people i think there's an amazing choice on that product um so yeah i think it's all of these as you say all these things add up to a some tough decisions have been made and now it's time to invest in growth Great. Oh well, it's uh, it's been been good to chat, Justin, and you know I'm I'm certainly looking forward to seeing how things progress. I you know I, I'm pleased we've got the uh, the competition that we that we do have uh, now uh, within the market. It's great to see uh, um, you know Spark doing uh, doing their piece yeah. uh, al- al- alongside, and you know, good local competition is is excellent. I guess you know my viewers. I would you know I'm I'm very hopeful that uh, um, that we can maybe solve some of the challenges there 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 have been uh, within the uh, entertainment space and, and streaming here in New Zealand with local entities. And I guess the the stronger and more robust uh, the offerings from Sky and, and and Spark anyone else locally is the uh, you know the better chance that. Um, uh, all the money doesn't get sucked out by yeah. an international player that uh, comes in with very well, uh, deep deep pockets. It's to, really interesting, uh, you know. Uh, a lot of those, over. yeah, a lot of those guys that you know we could view as D to C competition, they they come to us with a much more open philosophy, which is that they know that with seven D to C internet TV players showing up, they can't all win, right? So actually, you have to find a way to aggregate, and you have to find a way for everybody to to take learnings and, and win. So that's what we see, and I think with Spark, it's you know it's been a historically, obviously, the relationship seems to have been pretty pretty strained, but actually, I think there are signs of it improving with what we're doing with Rugby World Cup and and, and business. Yeah. But there's also a genuine, I think, openness within the new team to to partner with the right people to do what we're good at and to do what they're good at. And I think that that message continues to go out from from everybody. Yeah, that's good. Now, um, are you looking to hire people for your team? Do you want to you know put anything out on that front, or have you got the the, the right people at the moment for what you're? Uh, what yeah, you're doing? We, are, we are. We look. We are hiring, and we're we're trying to hire um, people that come that we don't need to train in agile we don't need to train in value driven practices we don't need to train in cx so so we're looking for those kind of customer experience human centered design sprinting um uh full stack polyglot devs that are just so and product owners who are just so rare actually everywhere and particularly in new zealand because you know it's a small market and the you know the 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 big guys tend to um tend to snap them up so thanks for allowing me to do a plug but yes we are definitely in the mode of looking excellent okay well yeah i just thought that might be uh, might be re- relevant isa well um 
thank you, Justin. We will we will look forward to the next one. Thanks everybody for uh, for listening in, and we'll be back again with another uh, another episode next week. You can catch us online at nztechpodcast.com. Uh, just a reminder that uh, most weeks we do tend to on a Tuesday afternoon, uh, somewhere between three um, thirty and and four thirty, kick off a. Uh, a live stream of the show so if you if you are you know, keen to get it a little bit ahead of uh, those that are that are listening to the, the normal audio podcast uh, you may be able to uh, to catch it that way as well all right that's us thanks paul thanks see you later the new zealand tech podcast brought to you by gorilla technology proactive and strategic it